This is Barry Zalma, Zalma on Insurance. I'm an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness and author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about a few more important exclusions that will be found in every insurance policy. The wear and tear exclusion, which usually only appears in first party policies, brings back to mind an early policy I saw when I was a young lawyer about 50 years ago, where a Lloyd's personal articles floater was issued. And I can quote it from memory. We insure against all risks of physical loss except wear and tear. Nothing else was in the policy. It covered just about every potential possible contingent loss that could occur except for wear and tear. So let's talk about wear and tear. The wear and tear exclusion, which appears in almost every first-party property policy, perhaps because it is so often, has seldom been the subject of appellate review. The phrase has been defined as, quote, construing the words wear and tear in their everyday common usage. We are convinced that the words mean simply and solely that ordinary and natural deterioration or abrasion which an object experiences by its expected contacts between its component parts and outside objects during the period of its natural life expectancy. This was Cyclops Corporation versus the Home Insurance Company, a 1973 decision of the Western District of Pennsylvania Federal District Court. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeal, reading a marine insurance policy exclusion for wear and tear, found it to not be ambiguous. It excludes coverage for losses and damages arising directly or indirectly from the cost of repairing or replacing a part, here the air conditioning hose, due to wear and tear. Thus, the exclusion excluded from coverage losses caused directly or indirectly by wear and tear, and it is undisputed that wear and tear to the air conditioning hose caused the fracture and that the fracture caused the boat to sink. This was Meal versus Certain Underwriters at Lloyd's, a 2014 decision of the 11th Circuit. The exclusion for wear and tear is not, however, as argued by the insured, limited to abnormal wear and tear, but rather encompasses all wear and tear, as decided in Lovell versus State Farm, a 2006 decision of the Tenth Circuit. Applying Colorado law and holding that when the language used in an insurance contract is plain, and its meaning is clear, the agreement must be enforced as written. 
the policy at issue unambiguously excludes losses caused directly or indirectly by wear and tear, marring, scratching, or deterioration. One court found the exclusion inapplicable by stating that it did not find that the modifiers ordinary or natural add anything to the commonly understood meaning of wear and tear. A similar exclusion, one for depletion, deterioration, rust, corrosion, and erosion, has also resulted in difficulties for insureds making claims and insurance adjusters attempting to keep the promises made by the policy. What they find is a policy exclusion that provides, quote, deterioration, depletion, inherent vice or latent defect, rust or corrosion, mold, wet or dry rot, erosion or wear and tear, unless physical damage not otherwise excluded by this policy results, in which event this policy shall cover only such resulting damage, close quote. The policies do not define the term depletion. So a general definition, such as emptying, exhausting, or wasting of assets, as described in Black's Law Dictionary, 7th edition, issued in 1999, is often applied by the courts. To determine whether the loss is covered under the policy, a Florida court must apply the doctrine of proximate cause. Proximate cause does not necessarily refer to the cause nearest in point of time to the loss. The cost must be the predominant and determining cause of the loss. Thus, if the proximate cause of the loss is listed within the policy's exclusions, no coverage exists. When a trial court found that the cause of loss was corrosion, an accepted and excluded peril, no coverage existed. In Friedman v. State Farm Insurance, a 2009 decision of the California Court of Appeal, it found that mold damage to the Friedman's dwelling was caused by a water leak, which was caused by corrosion from a nail through the pipe. Contractor negligence induced corrosion and contractor negligence induced continuous or repeated seepage or leakage of water, all of which are excluded perils. Because the mold damage to the Friedman's dwelling was not caused by either a specified peril under their personal property coverage or a peril not otherwise excluded, it was not covered under the mold endorsement that specifically excluded that cause. Corrosion has been defined as, quote, action or effect of corroding or of corrosive agents, the process of corrosive change. Erosion, on the other hand, was defined as the natural processes by which the surfaces of the earth is worn away. In Brodkin v. State Farm Fire and Casualty Company, a 1989 decision of the California Court of Appeal, 
the corrosion exclusion was applied, and the court reasoned, quote, the plain meaning of the exclusion is the insurer will not cover slow-moving disintegration or corrosion of the concrete foundation because of external forces. Whether deterioration be termed corrosion, decay, or any one of several other synonyms, damage caused by contact between the soil and foundation of the house is precisely the type of loss the exclusion was meant to cover. Close quote. Some insureds try to find coverage by use of the ensuing loss language that is found in many exclusions. In Aetna, versus Yates, a 1965 decision of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, the court concluded, quote, plaintiffs put more weight on the last quoted clause than it will bear. The result of their construction would be that a clause intended to narrow the exclusions for rust, rot, mold, or other fungi, and dampness of atmosphere would very nearly destroy them. In short, plaintiffs cannot bring themselves within either of these readings, both of which require that rot and water damage be in some sense separable events. We do not think that a single phenomenon that is clearly an excluded risk under the policy was meant to become compensable, because in a philosophical sense, it can also be classified as water damage. It would not be easy to find a case of rot or dampness of atmosphere not equally subject to that label, and the exclusions would become practically meaningless. Close quote. The court, applying the rules of construction of insurance contracts, gave meaning to the exclusion and did not strain the language just to find coverage. Now, those cases were talking about another exclusion, the exclusion for water damage. The West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals looked at the standard water damage exclusion, where the policy granted broad coverage in the insuring agreement and then limited that coverage by exclusion and found that the limitation created an ambiguity. And so finding, the West Virginia court provided coverage for a loss that was not intended by the insurer and probably a risk that the insurer did not expect to receive compensation had it caused damage. On June 27, 1997, a water main owned by the city of Wheeling ruptured and damaged the offices of Change, Inc., a nonprofit organization. At the time, the premises occupied by Change Inc. were covered by a commercial property insurance policy issued by Westfield Insurance Company. The policy provided that Westfield Insurance Company would pay for damage caused by specified causes of loss defined as fire, lightning, explosion, and water damage. Water damage was defined as accidental discharge or leakage of water or steam 
as the direct result of the breaking or cracking of any part of a system or appliance containing water or steam. The policy also excluded various types of water damage, stating, quote, we will not pay for loss or damage caused directly or indirectly by any of the following. Such loss or damage is excluded regardless of any other cause or event that contributes concurrently or in any sequence to the loss. A sewer or drain, or water under the ground surface pressing on or flowing or seeping through foundations, walls, floors, or paved surfaces. The court, with little practical basis, found the provisions ambiguous and held, quote, in the present case, the court believes the policy issued by Westfield Insurance Company is uncertain or that reasonable minds might disagree as to its meaning and that it is thus ambiguous. At one point, the policy specifically provides that it will cover water damage resulting from the accidental discharge or leakage of water resulting from the breaking or cracking of any part of a system containing water. At another point, the policy specifically excludes coverage of damage from water under the ground surface pressing on flowing or seeping through foundations. In the court's view, it is unclear as to whether the policy provides coverage resulting from the breaking or cracking of a system containing water which is wholly or partially underground. Because the policy is ambiguous, the court believes that under syllabus point four, the policy must be construed strictly against the insurer. This was changing versus Westfield, a 2000 decision of the West Virginia Supreme Court. This recent decision points out the de danger of applying normal lay reasoning to the interpretation of a policy of insurance. While the exclusion for loss caused by the backup of a public sewer line is unambiguous in most states, it is incumbent on those in West Virginia to note that its courts now consider the exclusion ambiguous and require insurers to interpret the contract language in favor of the insured and provide coverage for a loss that appears to be excluded by the policy. In West versus Umialik Insurance Company, a 2000 decision of the Alaska Supreme Court, it found that the water damage exclusion was clear, but it did not apply to the facts of the insured's loss and therefore ordered the insured's loss paid. The same court found the exclusion unambiguous in CP versus Allstate Insurance Company, a 2000 decision of the Alaska Supreme Court. In Arkansas, the Court of Appeal in Ebbing versus State Farm, a 1999 decision of the Arkansas Court of Appeal, argued that courts that have considered insurance coverage for damage caused by burst water mains have generally held that there is no coverage. 
This video is adapted from my book Zalma on Insurance Claims Part 102 Second Edition, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com. It is one part of a 10-part treatise on insurance claims. If you found this video to be interesting or useful to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please also subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, my blog, so that you can learn about future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.